Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any... Problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. Nothing says Saturday Suckage better, Mark Grody, than Trash Panda playing the closing music to open the show. And here we are. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. I just feel like nothing sounds out of the ordinary to me anymore just because of COVID-19 and the virus and everything that we've gone through. Like, it doesn't even make me flinch when I hear things like that on the radio. But Stevie Sunshine, it is great to be here with you today. I do believe that our only competition is phase four of the great big beautiful city of Chicago because it is open and just having gotten back from a walk to the grocery store in my neighborhood, it is hot, hot outside. So I'm sure there will be people enjoying that heat. Well, you need to be a man on the street and a man in the frozen section reporter for us right now. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. We're Saturday Suckage. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. So, phase four scares the daylights out of me. I'm staying out of the city. I went in there Thursday to go see uh, my former Tribune Queen, Amanda Kashubi and we took a walk and I was not stunned but still terrified to see so many people walking around walking their dogs bicycling nobody more let more than half the people were not wearing masks and there were people in restaurants and whatever and I thought this is the day before the the next phase of stupid so what was this like you walking to your walking the city streets, walking in the grocery store. What was that like after yesterday's uh, opening of the to the uh, new gates of Stupid? Well, I'm in Streeterville, and I have to say that at least in my neighborhood, and I haven't wandered too far out of it in the last two days just because I've been busy, I probably mm-hmm. will today, where I'll take a, a longer walk, may even chance the lake, but... 
yeah, just having go the walk that I just took, people are still being pretty good. Everybody inside the grocery store was very good. I think that that's still required by grocery stores, and I'm not sure if it's up to the individual stores or if that's still mandated in general. I don't know. But I will say that in, in this case, from what I have been around, what I have been subjected to in the last few days, pretty good, but I haven't wandered far. So... I'm like you, man, and I, I have talked about this before. I, I live in a high-rise, so it's there is a lot of really good etiquette that has happened, at least in my building, on elevators, two at a time, both wearing masks. As a matter of fact, I was waiting for my elevator in my hallway today, and I was just holding my mask, getting ready to put it on if there was somebody on there, and I kind of was half-assing it, and the lady that was on there said, oh, could you please put your mask on? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and I felt horrible. It was the first time I had gotten semi-scolded. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes, I will. Yes, I will, ma'am. And she sort of just kind of nodded in appreciation. So every woman who scolds you now sounds like a Gene Grody type. It sounds like there's an offspring. There's, that's from the same tree of the, the finger-wagging or the patronizing voice or the scolding voice. Is that is that where we're going now? Yeah, but I think that when you do the whisper voice, it's sort of an um, intentional way of being a, trying to be nice and sort of submissive about it. Please, could you just put that mask on? Could you just go ahead and do that? Yeah, could you just, and you're the you only two people there, and over? she's whispering. Yeah, right. But I just think it was kind of like if I had seen her expression, it would have been sort of a half smile. You got kind of, could you just kind of put that? Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. So I did, and I felt bad. I was like, I want to be the guy who is in compliance at all times, at least when around people. But yeah, if, if I. If I'm walking around and there's nobody around me, I'll pull it. I'll at least free my nose so I don't fog up my sunglasses. But I, the compliance, at least in the ville that I live, has been has been decent. Or I'll say good. I'll say good. I'll find out later today what the rest, of, what some of the other Chicago neighborhoods are when I go on my Forrest Gump-like walk. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that updated report. Um, I, I would hope that the city acts smarter. I mean, there are some, some remarkably stupid states out there. Florida with DeSantis and Texas with Scott. They're, they're, they're rank among the dumbest. Oklahoma, certainly. Arizona. You got people in California who are, you know, seemingly they were doing the right job. And now there's a, a heaping helping of stupid out there. So... So the Florida thing is interesting because it is not just the home to baseball teams, which are trying to start, not just the home to hockey teams, which are trying to start, but basketball. And, and Tom Brady is out there. Does He doesn't care how high the numbers are. He's just out there throwing passes. But that's the home of the NBA right now. Orange County, Disney, the, the, the in the bubble where people now in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are accounting for a growing proportion of the cases of the virus. And Florida yesterday reported almost 9,000 more cases of that. And we already have, we're hearing from NBA people, general managers and players, who are saying this really doesn't sound like a bubble because you have Disney employees coming in and out. And it's amazing that there are players being tested and coming up positive, and they're going ahead with this. When it was one positive test that shut down the NBA, Rudy Gobert, and really shut down every other league. If the NBA is doing this, we're doing this, and now there's acceptable, there's acceptable losses, it seems like. Have... In this last week, with baseball coming to an, uh, an agreement and players saying, I don't know about this, and voluntary workouts, players showing positive tests, and NBA players now going to a place where there's a high, where there's a high incidence of it, and the NHL bailing out of Vancouver, which had the strictest kind of medical rules, to looking for a friendlier place to land, which means there were more acceptable casualties, you make sense of this at all? What do you think about all this? 
I think it all sucks right now. There's no doubt about it. Here's the sense that I can make out of it, and I'll use hockey as a comparison. When the the idea that when, when hockey first came out with their idea, their blueprint for a potential season, one of the cities that they put in the running for it was our great big beautiful city of Chicago, which is still in the running. When Chicago was originally initially mentioned as a possible hub city for a hockey tournament. We all kind of looked at ourselves and said, what the hell are they thinking? This city is ridiculous. We have some of the largest incidents of COVID-19 and deaths Mm -hmm. and those that are sick from it. And hey, look at us now. We're in a really good place in the city of Chicago. Like, we figured it out. The, the curve was flattened. Deaths are down. Sicknesses are down. And we have done relatively well. So these things, so, so my point is, is that the same thing could happen in Florida where it all sucks right now. Cases are spiking. People are being stupid, just like they were here in Chicago. And then we got it right. There's still a chance that Florida can get it right. Well, I don't know. They're just now coming around. I mean, there's just they've they've got a history of stupid in Florida. And this is true. Texas, and there's there's a lot of denial of science going on. There's a refusal to wear a mask as if they're like it's Second Amendment. Like they're you can't make me wear this mask. And well, it's for everybody's own good. And you can see in countries there's a, there's a, a lack of discipline in the U.S aimed it and it becomes political it becomes you, you think you're taking a constitutional stand when you're just completely avoiding common sense and if you were observing common sense in any of the sports do you think any of the sports has it right do you think somebody has it more right one of the sports has a better idea none of the sports that i've seen unless i've missed this has a threshold number for X number of players testing positive, being removed, sitting out two weeks, or X number of players in a league or a team where you can't actually put together a team. Nobody, ha- No league has a threshold number in which everything gets canceled, and yet it all seems to be because they're afraid, and we're all pointing to the idea that seasons will start again, and seasons will end, and we won't see the the finish of anything that they're trying to accomplish. That's the way I see it. The NBA is the only league that I, I believe has said, and I'm sure other leagues understand this and feel this, but Adam Silver is the only G, or GM, the only commissioner that has come out and said, this we may have to stop this. This, this may not happen. We may have to uh, pop the bubble, as it were, and everybody go home and come on back in November, and we'll try this again for real. So I think that the only sport that has flirted with the possibility of shutdown or this ain't going to happen, but I think what's happening right now in all of our major sports, the big four, is that they are all at this point willing to take a chance and all conceding that, yes, of course, there are going to be cases of COVID-19, And we think we have a plan in place to deal with it when it occurs, but nobody really knows how it's going to play out. Similar to this bubble idea, actually, when the bubble idea came out, it did seem like a good... I was like, all right, a lot of space at Disney. There is a bubble. There's a way to do this. And all of a sudden, the cases spike. So there's so many things that you or I or anybody just simply cannot predict. And there are best laid plans. There are pages and pages and pages of details, rules, and protocol for all the sports to deal with these things. But nobody really knows how we're going to deal with it when and if it happens. So stand by. Yeah, I am. I'm standing by. So that said, that despite the fact I think nothing's going to finish, they all want to start, and I understand the reason why. And there's, there's a, a, I think there's a big jackpot for sports to start because everybody's watched everything and this is what this is yet another thing if you're going to shelter in place or even if you're not but the opportunity to see something new and different and yet old and comforting because it's sports and it's what we've done at least in our business and the people who listen to us that's what you do um, I, I give them 
I, I certainly see why they're trying to do it. I'm just really pessimistic about it getting finished. But let's proceed with the show as if everything good was going to come out of this. And our lineup today includes Ron Coomer at 11.20. We'll mm. talk Cubs. Your buddy Coomdog will Love talk it. Cubs and baseball and new rules and how it affects them and and where he sees this team standing. At noon, James Fegan of the Athletic, we will talk to him about the White Sox. And they are certainly the in a different situation as the Cubs, but I think they're in a great situation. We'll see how they approach it, what he thinks. At 1.20, we'll talk to J.J. Stankovitz of NBC Sports Chicago. We'll have to... We, he wrote about why everybody nationally hates the Bears, and he cited some wonderful examples. But we also have to get an update on the last time he was here, holding, holding his infant and just wondering what exactly... Was it the epic, the epic filling of a diaper we thought, or not? You know, we never followed up on that. We're kind of la- we're kind of lame in that. And we'll have to do. What are you doing, Wagner? We'll figure out a time for that. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We'll take a break. When we come back here on the Score, we'll talk with Cubs radio analyst Ron Coomer. Talk about the Cubs getting ready going to spring training 2.0, getting started with the season. We'll see what he thinks about this new world of baseball. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it's all going to be intensified it's all going to be um very (laughs) compact and and i think one of the things that i said on the podcast was the team actually that it, it has some patience um the team that's able to understand that you know, if you go on a little five-game skid, um, not for everybody to panic because it's going to be very, very easy in a 60-game season to hit the panic button if there's a bad series or a bad stretch of games. Um, and I think the team that is kind of willing to um, just take it one day at a time and be really diligent with that is going to be the team that is is going to come out at the end of this thing. That is Ian Happ. Talking with Dan Bernstein here on The Score earlier this week. You have Steve Rosenblum and Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage, on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And we're talking Cubs, we're talking baseball, we're talking walking into this brave new world, this strange new world. And we welcome to the show, joining us on the Al Pomani Ford hotline, Al Pomani Ford in Melrose Park, is Ron Coomer. He is the Cubs radio play-by-play, the coom dog, longtime friend of Mark Grody. So I'll just step out of the way and let you two guys 
renew acquaintances. Ron, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Steve, absolutely. Happy to come on. <laughs> What's going on, Coom? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you, buddy? I'm very good, and uh, I am, I'm wondering right off the bat, um, having heard our boss, our collective boss, Mitch Rosen, on the score recently <laughs> talking about the the setup for the broadcasting this year with you and Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman, that of course you'll be doing the home games from the booth and the road games from the Cubs radio booth as well. What do you think about that setup? Well, I offered my restaurant first and foremost, and he turned me down right away. I don't know why. <laughs> I said, you know, we can do it there, man. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I won't even charge you to do it there. You know, it was We're going into phase guy, Coomer. You know. yeah. <laughs> so I, we were there the other day, Mark, to be honest, and uh, I think it's going to be just fine. You know, we're going to – the Cubs um, and Joe Rios, who you know is – you know, they're, they're getting things set up um, with monitors – um, also connecting us with the Marquee Network, uh, the new network, to make sure we have everything we need. Um, I think universally we're going to have a certain feed as every broadcast throughout the league is going to have like a, a high home plate feed. So for me, that's kind of how we view the game from our booth. So I'm good with that. I think it's going to be you know a little more difficult for Pat than, than it normally is when the team is on the road and we're doing it off a monitor. But, you know... Um, Anything Pat says is gold, so you, I'll just follow in his wake like I always do, and I will do that. But it'll be a little more difficult, but you know what? Considering where we're at in our country right now with all that's going on, um, I'm very happy to be doing games, period. And if we got to do them off monitors for for this season or for a period of time, we're, we're, we're going to just do it. Ron Coomer's our guest, radio play-by-play for the Cubs, heard on the score, works with Pat Hughes and the inevitable Zach Zaidman. I have a question for you, Ron, about the way the setup's going to be physically set up in Wrigley Field, at least for road games, maybe for home games too. You guys could minimize the whatever percentage of infection there is. There's enough booths there that all three of you could be in different booths. You don't have to be in the same booth. You're going to be watching a, a monitor and you're going to be um, at least for the road games, watching a monitor, you can you're going to be listening on headphones, seeing what you're seeing. Is is it set up so you would be in different booths up there in the press box? Well, nothing is set up as we speak as of last uh, two days ago when we were there. Uh, monitors will be put up. Pat and I will be in the same booth. Um, Zach is already um, just for ease of the broadcast and also um, you know for the COVID issue. I think he's going to be in the booth right next to us, which would mm-hmm. be the visiting radio booth. Ah, um, there so, you go. And there's plexiglass between that. So in the way they're setting up Pat and I, I think we're going to be fine. Um, and I think there may even be some separation between the two of us, you know, more than the norm of just six feet. So I don't foresee that being a problem at all. Um, and then again, the booths, the booths, I can speak this morning. Um, the booths have been <laughs> welcome um, to the show. Change, yeah, right. The booths have been changed, so there's 10 feet. We've gained 10 feet in depth in our booth. Um, so the hundred and some year old ballpark, they've given us a little more space. So they've reconfigured mm-hmm. some of the the space upstairs in the press area. So um, we'll gain some space there. So I, I do believe we've got plenty room now in our in our home booth for everybody to feel comfortable, feel safe. And go about your work and, and do what you need to do and call call a Cubs win, hopefully. I want to follow up on something you said right at the end of your first answer, and that was that you're just happy that there's going to be baseball. And I was wondering this from your standpoint personally, as a guy who is a baseball lifer, who played baseball at a high level, who has broadcast since then at a high level. Was there How much relief did you feel when you heard that at least – they're going to try to play a baseball, and then they got a deal done, and all the haggling stopped. Yeah, I, I was very, very happy, very relieved, Mark, all, all the above. You know, anything you could say. You know, this will be my 33rd year in professional baseball. You know, it's, you know, I signed, um, and I was just out of my teens, and signed my first pro contract. And I've never, you know, I've owned other businesses, as you know, but this has been my main thing that I've done my whole adult life is I've been involved in baseball. So um, this has been a very difficult off season 
or or post spring training uh, for me and even for everybody that's been in this situation. Um, you know, and, and just the baseball side of it, it's been difficult not to be around the ballpark. Um, I caught myself um, in Florida when I was just hanging out. I'd go have lunch somewhere and pick up some food, and I'd go sit at a park. And there'd be, you know, there'd be ball, there'd be a ballpark there, and I'm sitting there having a hot dog or, or a sandwich or something, going, "Why aren't there kids out here right now? I don't understand." You know, and I caught myself doing that, you know, and it was just, it's funny. So I miss it, um, and we're, we're gonna play. So you know, yeah. it was, a, it's a weird situation. Our country's in a, a worse situation than baseball is in. We all know that. But hopefully we're going to be able to get back and, you know, all these all these positive tests here. You know, we, we're still not out of the woods yet, as we know, um, with with guys getting it. You know, we've seen the NBA and NFL guys and, you know, obviously the Phillies have been, you know, the team that's been hit with the with the virus the most so far that we know of. So mm-hmm. we're still not out of the woods, but I'm glad we're going back. Talking with Ron Coomer. Cubs radio analyst here on The Score. Ron, as you talk about the Cubs and the 60-game season, uh, among other things, we are dealing with a, a rookie manager, um, although he was he is such a veteran, he was such a, a presence and such a sergeant-at-arms in the way he ran the clubhouse. There's a difference in making, a, a, an, making an order making a demand of a teammate than making a demand of a player for you as a manager. There's just a different relationship. But with him in his rookie year, in a short season, and the Cubs having had this mentality of their own last stand because it was sort of a contract reckoning coming up, what does this kind of season do for a team like this? Well, we'll address David first. I think this this puts him, I don't want to say a disadvantage, but it puts him in a different position um, than he was kind of training for, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you're, when your playing days are f- finishing, and I was 37 when I finished, I think David was 39 um, when he finished, and he was definitely looking to manage, there was no doubt. In talking to him when he was here in Chicago, um, he was definitely on that path and as his teammate years ago when he was a rookie and I was 37 you could tell he had he had just great baseball skills and he understood our game at a very young age and that's why he had such a successful career and now he's going to be the manager I believe in this situation currently that we're in um, it's going to take more of a village than it is just the manager I really believe that there's going to be more powwows about, and maybe already have about how you adjust your roster, how these, how this, this is going to affect your team. When you put together the team um, day to day, how do you do that? Where are we going with these roster changes, and you know what is the cause and effect of all that? Um, I, I will say the change in rule of having a man at second base in extra innings will probably it alleviates a lot of the pressure on a manager because, you know, you probably won't have as many, you know, 12, 13 any games. The game should get resolved fairly quickly with a man on second, which I'm not a fan of at all. I just think that's ridiculous that we're changing our game just what for, so we don't play more. I, I just don't get it. Um, rule changes like that just, they bother me. You know, play our game the way it's supposed to be played. Um yeah, that's just what we're and, doing. And is get off your lawn, right? It's, it's and get off your yeah, lawn. Yeah, I mean, these are little league girls. We're not 12. We're grown men. Play the game. You know, I just don't get it. So, um, but anyway, yeah, that's. I, I don't get to make those choices, so that's and make those decisions. So that's way it goes. Um, as far as so with David, I think he's. I don't want to say a disadvantage, but it's not what he trained for and what he was preparing for. So he's going to probably need a little more insight a little more help from his staff especially the senior staff that he's going to have around him and uh theo and his staff i I really believe you know that's going to be one of those things that all of the group is going to come into play more um when david's making some of these roster decisions and how you're going about things um first i I just think it's it's difficult it's going to be difficult well coom i think that the best news about david ross is that 
I think he is very well equipped to handle a pitching staff. That's what he did at, at a very high level when he played in Major League Baseball. He was good at dealing with guys like John, John Lester, who demanded that he be a catcher. That's how good he was at his job. My question, though, is when dealing with, let's just say, the starting staff, do you think that there will be, you know, you talked about the collective decisions on this. Will starters go longer, you think, than in past years just because of the shorter schedule? It's, in theory, possibly, Mark, but I don't think you... So all of these all of these thoughts that we're all having and kind of pondering, right, about, you know, how it's supposed to play out and, well, it's shorter, so the season's shorter, so pitchers can go longer and they're not... You know, they're not wasting as many bullets early in the season. All sounds like it makes sense. But as we know, our game does not make sense ever. As soon as you (laughs) think you got it figured out, guess what? You're going to figure out, yeah, you don't have it figured out. So I think all all of those rules of thumb that you're speaking of that you think you might have kind of, okay, I think we got this part, you know, figured out before we start, things are going to change drastically. You... You have a guy that's maybe didn't react well to camp and he's sore and he can only go, you know, 60, 70 pitches. Um, you got another guy who's been working out the whole time that we've been off and in his arm is he's in midseason form and he could go 115 pitches. I just don't think you're going to know until the bell rings and you're going to see these guys playing and then you're going to, that's where this, you know, having a bunch of guys giving, you know, some input is going to come into play because I don't think you're going to be able to figure this out before the bell rings. You're going to think you do, but boy, I'm telling you, the second that you feel like you got it figured out, it's just going to, it's going to all change, and then you got to, you got to be ready on the fly. Our curmudgeon here on the score, actually our realist, is Ron Coomer, uh, radio play, a radio <laughs> analyst for the Cubs. I've never been uh, called a curmudgeon, right. Mark. Yeah, well, you know, you guess maybe you this know, is sucking show. Yeah, yeah, well, it is. is. You, you, you got to realize that you're dealing with Steve Rosenblum here. I, I, I mean, I, you I can't expect I, it's one, uh-huh. one curmudgeon recognizing another. It's a professional, uh, <laughs> professional experience. So, Ron, I want to find out what else. Yeah, you I, hate. I have bad connection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's an old Ron, landline wanna, you got yeah. there. That's what that <laughs> that's is. Right. Let's find what else you hate, Ron. We have, the, because of the, un, the uncertainty, as you mentioned, about who's equipped to do what, the idea of the pitching openers and the DH now in the National League, they sometimes they'll be intertwined. What do you think about both of those? How do you think those will play out? Would the Cubs make use of the pitching opener? And how do you think they could best employ the DH? Well, the DH, the Cubs are set up very well for the DH. That, to me, is is a no-brainer. Um, you know, you've got Kyle, who really fits the mold um, outside of all his work that he's put in in left field because he really became a presence in left field last year with his throwing arm. Um, and I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he led the league in assists from the outfield last year, or he's right there at the top. Yeah. Um, so that's a presence in left field with his throwing arm. So... Um, now, is he the best defensive outfielder? Of course not. Is he an average outfielder with a way above average arm? Absolutely. So, you know, does he want to just give in to not playing the outfield anymore? I would think not. That's going to be a rotating position, I believe, that DH spot. Um, and it's going to give David Ross a chance to, you know, give KB and Riz, who are going to play every day, uh, maybe a quick uh, timeout. Same thing with Contreras. Uh, so... I don't see Kyle Schwarber being the everyday DH day after day after day. I might be wrong, but I wouldn't do that. He's earned the right to play left field uh, for me. Um, and then the 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 opener thing is a weird one. I, I always think the teams that use openers are teams that have bad pitching. So they try to figure out a way to, to adjust the rotation, the backside of the rotation, because it gives a, it gives a team another look like every three innings, right? You go through the road, through the, the batting order once, new guy. Batting order once, new guy. So right now, I don't see the Cubs using it, but, you know, that also depends on how Q and, and Chatty and, and some of those guys throw. 
Um, I know John Lester's not going to want uh, have an opener. Uh, you're not going to have an opener for Darvish, and you're certainly not going to for Kyle Hendricks. And the other two guys, you know, um, Chat would look great in spring. I mean, he was throwing bullets. So, you know, Q only threw a couple times because he was sick early in camp. And so he struggled a little in camp, but I think he only threw twice. So I don't see that being a big option for the Cubs or them really wanting to. But once again, it's, it goes back to that thing, Steve. You know, as soon as you think you got what you're going to do figured out, it, you know, the old <laughs> curveball comes and here we go. We're using openers. Ron, do you also think that second base could be a rotating position with kind of a log jam with the Scalso and Kipnis and Bodie and maybe even maybe even Nico Horner getting some time there as well. How do you think Ross is going to handle that position? I I really feel um, it kind of fixed itself in spring, Mark. Uh, Kipnis came to camp. He was in great shape. Um, he was moving. Uh, we all know he can hit. He's always hit. He'll be able to hit. He's going to hit in Wrigley Field. The big question for me, because I hadn't seen him much, and I know he had some leg issues last year, was his health and his range at second base. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he squashed all that right away. He came to camp. He was in great shape. Um, he was running really well. He was covering ground extremely well. And you know he can hit. So he's going to play a lot. Uh, that's that's my, my thought. You get a, a right-hander on the mound, you're going to see Kipnis. And I thought... Uh, Nico Horner did a very good job. I, I think he's showing that he can handle playing in the big leagues every every day or at least in a platoon situation where he's going to be able to do that. Um, and he gives you, you know, the backup shortstop situation that's really good because he can definitely play short. So I see those two guys kind of platooning okay. and then, you know, Bodie kind of drifting around the infield some. Um, but then again, it's all going to be determined too on on how the guys hit you know they can all play defensively pretty good but if the Cubs aren't scoring runs the guys that are hitting are the guys that are going to play because as you know the the lead-in to the show with Happer was saying you know let's not panic after a few games it's easy for Happer to say if you're David Ross and Theo every every loss you have is like five in a regular season so the guys that hit are the guys that are going to play Ron Coomer's our guest here on the score. Let's, you know what? One of the things you mentioned about David Ross, I want to get back to this for a minute. The job, not necessarily the job he signed up for, not the 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 school syllabus he was intending mm-hmm. to study, but I think this benefits him because a short season with a team that is not really interested in prospect development, it's a winner walk mentality. Every game, every inning, every pitch. I think that benefits a guy, a rookie manager on the bench, because the only thing that matters is that decision right there, not something three weeks down the road. Am I missing something, or is there is that does that benefit David Ross? Do you think? No, it benefits every manager, Steve. I, I agree with that. Oh. Um, I, I think if you have a team that you're just trying to play to win and you're not trying to develop a player. Um, and you're, you're leaving him in there late in the game so he can um, get used to a certain situation with the game on the line. Right now, if, if the guy's not the best guy to be up at the plate or the best guy to be on the mound, he's coming out and someone else that you think you have a better chance of succeeding and winning is going in. Um, that will help, David. I, I definitely agree. And it helps every team that has a chance that feels like they've got a chance, you know, maybe after the first few weeks. Um, to to win the division or to be a playoff team. Ron, I got an idea. I think that um, you and Zach and Pat need to go back to to 2015 style, what we did then, because there's go hopefully maybe there's going to be fans in the stands, and if there are, it's only going to be like seven or eight thousand. I think you guys should bring back the guess the attendance game because you might be able to actually count the number of fans in the stands <laughs> yeah. during any given game. I really think that that science needs to be brought back. Well, you throw that out there to Mr. Rosen, and, I, and we'll get a sponsor for it. And if we get a sponsor, I know it's a yes. That's yeah. for sure. We'll be doing. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I don't think you should count the attendance. I think you should have to name them. I think that would be a much bigger challenge. <laughs> no doubt. Ron, before, it, before we let 
Go ahead. Before go ahead, we Steve. let you go, Ron, there's a um, the the specter of positive tests hangs over baseball every sport. We're talking as if it doesn't, if they can work around it. Nobody and neither, no league has a threshold number for whatever it shuts down. But it requires for starters a discipline, a a res- personal responsibility. No sneaking around. You have a certain way you have to act. The Cubs seem ideally set up because they, while they're young in terms of compared to you and me in age, they are veterans in terms of their Major League Baseball experience and careers. I would think they would have the discipline to be able to do that or no. No, I, I would think all the guys are going to be pretty disciplined about what they do, but Steve, as you know, and Mark, and all of us know, I mean, there's still interaction, right? And there's still, I mean, you still got to go to the grocery store. You still got to, you know, there's there's little things that we're doing day in and day out that if a guy tests positive, you, you know, you can't point the finger at him and go, what did you do? You know, it's, I, I just think it's one of those things where we're all vulnerable um, at some point throughout the day or the week. And you, you hope to put yourself in as, in that situation as little as possible if you're playing. I mean, just since we've come back, my, my thoughts on what I do now have changed drastically and how I am going to interact even at my own business. You know, you're like, hmm, you know, that, that just you, you've got to be accountable to what we're doing. Um, where, you know, three weeks ago when, you know, we didn't know if we were even going to play, you, you know, I was a little more, I guess, cavalier about the whole thing even though you're still washing your hands and there's sanitizers and everything everywhere and you know and the mask and all of those things um i just think you know right now you you roll the dice and you hope that your guys don't get it i i just don't know there's there's too much that happens in a day daily routine of pressing the button on an elevator or you know who knows i mean you go to the grocery store you've got to go there you know and who gets it when you go there? I mean, you just, I, I just don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things that it's a roll of the dice and you hope that you didn't come in contact with somebody else that had it. It's, it's have, a tough have one. Coom, have you guys been able to, at uh, Coombs Corner Sports Grill in Lockport, have you guys been able to get to phase four where people yeah. are allowed indoors? Okay, good. So you guys we did rolling. yesterday, yeah, for the first time. Excellent. I was there in the morning. Uh, first thing in the morning, we opened our doors to, to patrons inside we have social distancing so everything is spaced you know to the letter of the law all of our employees are in masks and i take all the employees temperatures coming into the into our place so we've tried to do the best we can do um, along with sanitizing everything to the extreme you know like every restaurant i mean all of us are doing that you know and you know there's there's sanitary bottles everywhere that you're spraying and wiping everything down as tables turn we're doing everything we can do and, and trying to be open and trying to be a good citizen and a good, you know, um, person in a community and a business in the community. It's it's the best you can do. Right, Mark? It's all you can do. Amen, man. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing you and Pat and Zach calling uh, baseball games. And let's let's hope that it, it goes off without a hitch because we are all dying for baseball. We have all missed it for sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Yep. We, we definitely miss it, and uh, hopefully here we'll be able to call even some preseason games here coming up. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the 23rd and 4th when we actually have baseball on and we get to call some games. Ron, I would settle for listening to you and Pat call batting practice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know we're getting desperate, but a... let's hope we can do better than that. Yeah. But, you Stevie, know what? thank call you. Pepper. That's very nice of you to say. Call. I would. I would listen to you call a pepper game. Pat describing the what Javier Baez is wearing, and you marveling over how does Javier Baez pull off that pepper move. I would be thrilled with that. Well, thanks, thanks for your time. Absolutely. You your guys time. have a great rest of the weekend. Yep. You, you too. Be well. That's Ron Coomer. Ron Coomer, uh, radio analyst for the Cubs. Terrific guy. Well, Mark, you can you can attest to that. What a what a great guy. Same off the radio, on the radio, just just hail fellow well met. I always said that he was kind of a, a baseball gangster 
uh, minus like the mean things gangsters do because he knew, <laughs> because because he knows everybody and everybody likes him. Like everybody is kind of connected to Coom in some way, shape, or form. Whether he played with them, he mm-hmm. knows broadcasters. So he was he was such a when I first started, he was such a great liaison in terms of like here, hey, this is Mark, you know, hooking me up with people, being around. I think the first time I interviewed Anthony Rizzo. It was kind of like Coom saying, hey, Riz, this guy's all right. Go talk to him. Uh, he's cool. You know, so, like, if, if it's cool with Coom, um, everybody is cool with you. So, yeah, now Coom is, he's one of the great guys in broadcasting and sports. And he is terrific at his job, too. So, can't wait yes, to he hear. Yes, Can't wait to hear those guys. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a break. Top of the hour, we will talk some White Sox with James Fegan of The Athletic. Uh, they're in a different situation than the Cubs, but they'll play the same kind of 60-game schedule. But but how? what kind of urgency will there be? We'll discuss that with him. Steve Rosen and Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. <laughs> welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosen and Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage. Saturday, so, you know, it's getting back to normal. More people in phase four, more people going out. Just wear a mask, please. Wear a mask, wear a mask. Go out, have fun, wear a mask, keep moving. And it's all we ask, wear a mask, wear a mask and wear it over your nose because that's what a mask is supposed to do. And we've seen in countries that actually have discipline that that helps. Um, Mark, with you, we just got done with talking with Ron Coomer and whatever this 60-game season yields, if they finish and if they finish the playoffs and they remarkably, unimaginably get to the end of October, somebody is going to get the just a piece of metal, as Rob Manfred described it. And a World Series championship is a World Series championship, is it not? Or... I know we'll remember an asterisk or we'll talk about it, but we don't really talk about how how do you think the World Series champion will be regarded this year if we get to that point? I don't know. I think that it, it will be met with qualifiers. I actually do because of just how how this entire year has been. This is the year that has stopped and will will not escape from our memories. I think you have to wait like five years and what is your immediate response when somebody even just mentions the year 2020. I think that everything that will have happened in this year in 2020 will not just sports things will be met with qualifiers. Yeah, that was that weird year. So I do think that that what is going on right now, unprecedented in all of our lifetimes, that it will have to be met in that way. And it's to me, it's different from the 1981 Dodgers or the 2013 Blackhawks, both shortened season, seasons, obviously, that were met with titles for those two teams. You don't think about the, the shortness of those seasons. But I think in this case, you will, and I think it is right to think about it, too. This is baseball, unlike baseball, at any time before in history. So you don't th- you think it's different from the Blackhawks because that was again yeah. a shortened season and that was and I and I don't know if because we're locals that that it doesn't matter if there's a banner there we're happy to see it or because it was the most unbelievable thing that that was the year of 17 seconds two goals in 17 seconds that that deodorizes a lot of it why why is that different it's a little you know more or less half a a little more than half a season it's different because at least in my case I had to be reminded of it I didn't even remember until you know we've been using that as one of the templates as a qualifier for so much that in the 81 Dodgers I I don't even think about that like that I had to be reminded of it and I think most people's immediate response your involuntary responses I like to say I think is the same I don't know maybe since you're you covered it a little bit more closely. Maybe when you thought of 2013, you did think of a shortened season. I mean, did you think of that right away? Did you think it was different or or asterisk worthy because of the fact that it was a shortened season? Because I didn't think of it that way. No, I did. I, you know, there was one in the the 90s too. Somebody got a. I think it was the Devils got. And and there are. I, I just okay. They're awarding a Stanley Cup. It's going to count. You you can put whatever whatever 
signs you want next to it, but it's a Stanley Cup and names are on it and that, that was awarded. And so I, I don't know, I think the immediacy of the moment when we talk about this is because of the enormity of it and the fatalities involved and what a seemingly yeah. a death trap this might be, which is different from just a labor negotiation. So I think that's, that's part of the remarkability of what we're watching. I don't know, World Series, if they're going to award a trophy, then it counts. Doesn't it also help that the Blackhawks were considered a top team in the NHL and that in 1981 the Dodgers were considered a top team in baseball? Like the right, the a, a correct team won, you know what I mean? Like so it helps to not think about it. So yeah. this year if, say, the Kansas City Royals advance to the to the World Series <laughs> or in so, like then you're really talking about like oh yeah that was the year of the Royals the year of COVID-19 and how everything was just crazy in that year and you got to put some sort of funny funky looking star next to it I'm here for the chaos I'm here for that yeah. you're going to go ahead and go play if if you can get to the end of this and you're going to award a trophy I hope it's to the most unbelievable thing I you know it would be his, the 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 A's for so long being so underfunded or whatever their their money ball thing is in in this kind of year where it where it's a third of the season um, a little more than a third of the season but less than forty percent I would like to see okay you guys go ahead and and I I'm here for the chaos so yeah I'd be all in favor of it go ahead that's the way that's the way it works for me we'll take a break when we come back we will talk about the White Sox we will talk with James Fegan of the Athletic. And they're approaching this a little differently than, than the Cubs are because of the makeup of their roster. And we'll see what he thinks. We'll see what they have planned. We'll talk to him about the other baseball team in Chicago. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Thank you for joining us on Saturday Suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 